Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. I don't, the sound sounds off to me for some reason. Are you sure I'm on, guys? This is Investor. Okay, I'm Steve Peasley. It just sounds off today. Anyways, welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, March 15th, 2019. And of course, I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me, as always. Here in Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, I always, you know, talk about, briefly at the beginning of the show, our goals, our philosophy, and that is independent thinking and shared success. And I try to share that with my own money. I put my money where my mouth is. And we're all working toward financial freedom. We know that. And uh, this show is all about helping you get there. So this is one hour, and I'm going to answer any financial questions you have. We've been doing this for 20 years. Any questions you have, it could be stocks, ETS, 401ks, IRAs, uh, insurance, real estate. It could be about anything you want. As long as it's financial, we'll talk about it in this hour. So we are taking calls. 888-99-CHART is our number. 888-992-4278. The news today, the NASDAQ has been the best performer for year to date. After having a pretty bad last quarter of 2018, the first quarter of 2019 has done pretty well, getting gaining back most of the losses it made in the fourth quarter. We're still way below the high. I mean, I don't want to say way below. I'd say about 5% or so below the high. Full-time employment, you know, there's really, some, you know, the economy so far is doing very well. Their wages are going up. Workers are positive. The consumers are spending. They, you know, they, there was a time there in December where they weren't, and I'm going to go into that in a little more detail today. But the unemployment market is the best it's been in almost 50 years. 50 years. You want proof? Well, look at the job survey. There are about 7.5 million unfilled jobs openings for January. 7.5 million. Gone are the days when wage growth filled, you know, fueled the worry about inflation by the Fed. We don't really have that much wage growth. We do have wage growth, but, you know, it's productive wage growth. Consumer sentiment is pretty positive. I mean, things look pretty up even though we did have a weakening in December. Now, for investors who are intrigued by the automotive segment, there's news out. Tesla came out with their, uh, Tesla trading at $281 a share, but they came out with their new model Y, which is an SUV. It's kind of an SUV crossover. Now, that, and that, that sector is the hottest segment in the car industry. And Tesla is... Um, you know, is betting on that car. Not too many, apparently not too many people are too keen on it because the stock was down 5% today after the announcement. So it's still up in the air whether it's how successful it's going to be. The SCC is charging Volkswagen and his former CEO with defrauding American investors during that emissions scandal. Remember a couple of few years ago? 
was it 2014 between 2000 April 2014 and May 2015 Volkswagen issued more than 13 billion dollars in bonds and asset backed securities in the US market that was at the time when they were lying about you know the amount of emissions one of their some of their vehicles have 500,000 vehicles in, in actuality in the country so they were exceeding legal vehicle emissions limits standards back then. Toyota has designed and filed a patent for a system that will fill the car's cabin. In other words, they have filed a patent for a system that they designed that will fill your car with tear gas, tear gas, in the event the car is stolen. Do you see any possible problems with this? <laughs> Do you see a problem with this system? Okay, what happens if it fills up the car with tear gas as you're driving down the road? They're filing a patent for this. I'm not so sure this is a very good idea, personally. I don't know if it's ever going to make it to market. I just don't know about that. At the opening morning this morning, Boeing was the worst performer of the Dow. NASA apparently has a long list of complaints about Boeing 737 MAX 8 aircraft. I didn't know that. No one knew that. Things could get worse, so you just got to be patient. Boeing has about 4,000 MAX 8 jets, MAX 8 jets on order. $500 billion. We'll see. Billionaire investor Ken Griffin now says he is less likely to move his cap, his Citadel investment firm to New York City after seeing Amazon headquarters had a heartbreaking exit from the city. It's a hedge fund. His, you know, Ken Griffin manages a hedge fund. And he bought a house, uh, no, a penthouse, uh, for $238 million, uh, overlooking Central Park, the most expensive ever uh, house. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. New York City is losing its uh, luster, apparently. There's always news, lots of news, everybody. And since it's Friday, um, I'm going to be sharing some more news about the pre-KBP premium newsletter that I sent out today. But first, let's go ahead and grab a question. You can remember, this is a call-in show. You can call and ask questions anytime you want. The listener line number is 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is John from Idaho. Just calling to see what your opinion or thoughts are of what's kind of driving this little run. I thought... Last week when we had that 25 3% pullback, I thought it was going to go down a little bit more, at least to 5 but wasn't really sure why we had such a good bounce. Thanks for everything. Love the show. The bounce is all about Twitter, about President Trump's Twitters, about their Chinese-U.S. negotiations. And it's all being hailed as, oh, things are moving right along and doing very well. If that's not true, markets are going to take a dump. If it is true, I think a lot of the positive news is already built into the market. So I don't know. Um, I think that's why we're seeing this jump up this last week, which is fine. You know, good. I mean, market still is pretty resilient. I just don't know what the catalyst will be for the next big long run. I think we've, you know, uh, there's a red flags. You know, one of my talking points is going to be is about some red flags, according to Merrill Lynch, that they see. And uh, they have three of them that we're going to talk about. And they're not quite red flags. There's maybe a yellow flag at this point. But I want to share with you what their thoughts are. So that's going to be one of my talking points today. Um, I think we've seen the short-term top 
Uh, it was uh, last week and about 10 days, most of March, the market was trading sideways at first this week. This week, they, they had a nice little bump up. Uh, don't get too excited yet. Just, you know, it's hitting resistance right now. Let's see. Let's see what happens. 888-99-CHARGE is our number, 888-992-4278. Our main talking point is going to be staying cash, steady cash flow from the iPhone market. Uh, so, my, you know, iPhone and Apple have a long-term relationship with 900 million strong global customers. And it kind of acts as a, as a bond in some ways. Um, and they have a growing ecosystem that looks very healthy for the long term. So that's going to be the main talking point. Uh, then those red flags about Merrill Lynch, about the market. We'll go through that. And Hudson Yards. Have you heard anything about Hudson Yards in Manhattan? Well, you're going to hear something on this show about that. And uh, some economic news. Uh, industrial production out this week. Uh, retail sales are being delayed. February's retail sales delayed. But the jobless claims looks pretty healthy. So we'll want to just kind of touch on some of the economic news. We had actually a lot of economic news out this week, but it's old. It's old, old, old numbers back to January. Hardly anything for February. And here we're in the middle of March. Come on. The market was up 138 points for the Dow, 58 points for the NASDAQ, and 12 points for the S&P 500. So those are good, new, good numbers. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you and my clients, listeners, everybody, podcast listeners, uh, for listening to the show and being part of it, as well as those people I met in San Jose on Wednesday. I travel up to San Jose once a month or so, and these are to conduct personalized portfolio views, discussions of people's uh, financial outlook and future. If you missed out, you can learn more about the next time I'll be up there. Go to investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. The weekend is here, or almost here. Sunshine and clear skies have returned to Southern California, and the markets continue to demonstrate turnarounds. And you... You are working toward financial freedom. That means you need unbiased investing guidance. So Steve Peasley is here now, taking your calls live. Step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. The premium newsletter, KPP Premium News, goes out every Friday. You know, sometimes in the morning, sometimes early afternoon. So I begin people saying, I didn't get my newsletter. Well, you know, I try to get it out as soon as I can, but it does come out on Fridays. Okay. And today there was a lot of, uh, I mentioned there was a lot of economic news released this week, but you know, a lot of it was outdated. Still, I want you to go over it. You still do. And of course it's outdated because of the government shutdown. The feds have not told us when they will finally catch up. The federal government, we don't know when they'll catch up and finally get you know, all, all the information out to us on a timely basis. We just don't know. So the most of the data was for January. We had some going all the way back to December, and we had a few things you know, for February, but not a lot. Uh, we did have one March report uh, for the consumer sentiment. That's usually pretty 
pretty up-to-date consumer sentiment numbers. But it's, you know, I'm not a big fan of the consumer sentiment numbers. You know, it was positive. It was good. It was strong. The reason why I'm not a big fan is because when I take the survey, you know, short-term events could impact what the consumer is thinking. I am more interested in what the consumer is doing, and that goes to retail sales. You know, are they actually, they may be depressed or happy, but are they actually spending money? That's what I want to know, because that drives the economy. In the portfolio management section, I point that investing overseas carries a little bit higher risk compared with investing in the U.S., but it's wise to allocate your portfolio to some of those international stocks and take some of that overseas risk on because those stocks move differently necessarily not not necessarily with the US. So many times they do, many times they don't, but it helps with diversification. Consumer Watch, I wrote about the airline crashes, the last couple of airline crashes we had with that Boeing uh, Max 8, and just to just give you some information on how rare airline crashes are and how safe travel is. It's amazing how safe it has become, really. It really is. And, of course, we gave a couple of stock ideas out today that uh, I thought, thought they were interesting ideas that maybe, you know, one one company, off-road vehicle, designs off-road vehicles. Another is in the tech sector area. So that newsletter comes out every day with those four sections. And every Friday, I mean, not every day, but every Friday with those four sections. And so I think it might be good. There's a lot of value information I keep out, keep putting out there. You can buy the premium newsletter. It goes out free to clients. But you can buy it if you wish on a monthly basis. You don't have to have a whole, you know, you can cancel anytime you want. It's pretty easy. Every Friday it comes in the email box. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peaslin. I think you. Uh, I think you should know that Justin Klein and I are independent financial advisors. We have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of our clients ahead of our own and our firm. You come first. And one way we do this is with parallel investing. That means we buy the same thing as for our clients, same percentage, same price. Our money rides right along with you. Parallel investing. You can learn more at investtalk.com. I'm taking your questions at 888-99-CHART. Steve and Justin are always grateful when you make Invest Talk a part of your daily routine. And their unbiased guidance can be an invaluable aid to your efforts at building a strong portfolio. The phone lines are open. Steve is here and he's ready for your questions. 888 99Chart. 888 992 4278. Let's go talk to uh, Brandon in Mill Valley. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. call. Um, you want to talk about Michaels? Before we talk about Michaels, uh, I, I was mm-hmm. asking myself, did they ever pass the fiduciary rule? No. They did not make much changes. No, no changes yet. They, they're still back into wherever they went back to. You know, uh, they should. I We would love it. Me and Justin, my, our firm, we, we, we would love it. But they haven't done that yet. They haven't really changed the rule. All right. So well, that, that course, I heard you talking and, and it crossed my mind if that actually had ever gotten passed. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not yet. But... 
Michael Stores has been kind of in a downtrend. I know you were involved with it once, and I wondered what you thought of it. Actually, I like the company. I mean, it's really low cost. They make money. It's just not an exciting company. Uh, it is Michael's stores. They have 1,238 Michael's, 97 Aaron Brothers stores, 36 Pat Catton stores, offering framing, art supplies. So it's an arts and craft kind of store. I think many people have been to it. They're out of Irvine, Texas. It's a $1.8 billion company. They're going to make $2.48 this next year. This year, $2.36. Their earnings, sale, earnings have consistently gone up year after year after year. And sales are, are increasing, but very low, very low single digit, 2%, you know, or flat, 8% per quarter. You know, just kind of flumping around, not really growing, but the, the price of the stock is $11.68 to making $2.48. So it's a 5 PE, and the five-year range is 5 to 21, so it's at the very low end of its range on a PE ratio. Uh, they, they're, they're, they have good cash flow. They don't pay much, nothing in a dividend. So there's, uh, and their earnings probably recently came out. I have a feeling that was, the earnings were disappointment because the stock has gone down from, you know, 1275 down to 1168 here in the last two days. So it's still not, it's still suffering. You got to wait. You got to wait till this stock starts to recover before you buy it. But Michael's, M-I-K is a symbol, is a good value company. It's just there's nothing exciting about it to make it, to drive it higher. And there's no, no, um, no, no catalyst that, and I don't see one. So it's kind of depressing. I probably stay away from it, Brandon. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Bill in Petaluma. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing fine, and happy Friday to you, Steve. I wanted to uh, you. get your insights on a company called Wabtech. Uh, my wife received a, a share and a third in a spinoff from GE, and essentially, I'm just asking you: think we should? We got it probably at the low end. Should we hold on to it or just get rid of it now? I, I'd probably dump it. Uh, you know, GE is kind of sloughing off all those peripheral companies and, you know, don't really do much, don't have the really no reason to have them own it. And this is one of those. And I, I'd probably just move on and look, do something better with my money. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know that much about the spinoff, but I know that they're spinning off peripheral things that there's really not a lot of value in them. So I'd probably move this on. Is a I would. Railroad segment of uh, Westinghouse air brake. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'd get rid of it and I'd look for something else. There's no real, real reason to own it, really. So uh, appreciate the call, though. Thanks, Bill. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. We're going to talk to Ben in Minnesota. I hope it's warming up out there. How you doing, Ben? Hello, I'm fine. Thanks, Steve. It, it's a little bit warmer. Things are actually starting to melt now, so. It's Nice. Well, that's good. My question Spring is, is coming. About, my question is about predicted earnings for the first quarter as it pertains to the S&P 500. I, look at it. A uh, guy named Ed Yardini does an estimate, and he was saying that they're going to be low. Uh, uh, consensus seems like they may be negative. Do you think that this is going to affect the S&P 500 in the next, month or so are we going to see a pretty good pullback from as a result or um 
I think the earnings, they always kind of lowball the earnings. And as the quarter goes along, they, they will upgrade them slowly. Try to remember they're manipulating you, okay? <laughs> when I say they, I mean okay. the experts, the uh, companies. They're manipulating you and trying to understand that, yeah, the earnings are going to be poor. Then they're going to say, oh, the earnings are looking better. And they're going to they'll probably upgrade it a little bit as we get closer and closer to the end of the quarter. But I do think first quarter earnings are going to be weak, Ben. They're not going to be strong. And I also think that that's already built in. Everybody knows that. We all know that. We all, we all know that they're not going to be strong. Remember, the market looks at okay. the future, and that's why I'm saying it's looking at it's looking at the trade agreement as the future, as the possibility of better things to come. Uh, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. But yeah, so don't don't worry about it. The earnings are already built in the stock price. I don't think that's going to hurt the S&P 500. Something will, though. I'm, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what the catalyst will be. Okay, appreciate the call, though. Thanks, Ben. Invest Talk. On the next Invest Talk, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase builds out its web of bank branches across the U.S. It is launching into areas long dominated by two of its biggest rivals. That's going to be story on Monday, by the way. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. You know what my husband and I really want? I mean, after years of working and saving and investing, we want financial freedom. Financial freedom to do and live as we want, without worry. But our old 401k plan? It's out of date. It can't truly be working for us. You're listening to someone who would benefit from a personalized portfolio review. The kind of unbiased advice and sensible investment strategies offered in a no-cost preliminary consultation by KPP Financial. Sure, we feel confident about some of our investment decisions over the years, but retirement will get here someday, and we should cover our bases now. Get a valuable second opinion on your current financial picture. And KPP Financial doesn't impose unnecessary products or services, so you can make informed decisions with your money. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking and shared success. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Contact KPP Financial. KPP Financial. Okay. Learn more anytime at kppfinancial.com. You are listening to Invest Talk, streamed and broadcast live Monday through Friday afternoons in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific Time and available 24 7 via podcast replays at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? Call now, 888 99Chart. 888 992 our main talking point today. Steady cash flow from the iPhone ma- uh, iPhone makes Apple more like a safe bond than a stock. Is that true? I don't know if I'm buying that. You know, even though that's what the article lives. Um, Cohen initiated a coverage on Apple with an outperform rating of two hundred twenty dollars a share, twelve month price target. That's their price target, and that's about a twenty percent gain from here. The firm said that iPhone business remains strong, a strong driver for the stock and provides investors with kind of like an annuity because they're so, the, the, the iPhone users are extremely loyal. 
I happen to be one of them, and I am loyal, I must admit. So they have 900 million of those people out there like me, loyal iPhone customers. So that base globally, it's a global base, uh, it can offer a really gr very strong growing ecosystem of devices such as wearables, you know, like, you know, your watch and other things, new content subscribers or subscriptions, maybe like their, 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 um, <clears throat> their um, TV. Remember, they're, they're, they're going to have, they have an announcement coming out very shortly about some kind of TV service you watch. So that, that 900 million gives them a very strong base to jump from to offer other, other services and, and devices and so on and so forth. And all of, us, all of us who use their iPhone are very loyal to them. So they think it's like kind of an annuity. This is this uh, going forward, Cohen does. So we'll see. I do think iPhone business is very stable. We happen to own um, Apple and numerous of our accounts for our clients. So I, I do like Apple. I think they're ecosystem is very strong but they got to keep coming out with new devices to keep that going we'll see 888-99 chart let's go to chris in san leandro how you doing chris i'm i'm good how you doing steve i'm good and thank you for the call i appreciate it oh oh uh well first want to thank your show i really appreciate it um okay, my great. question is about uh, Kraft Heinz ticker symbol K C. Yes. What do you What do you think? One of Warren Buffett's. Right now, right? Yeah, one of Warren Buffett's losers. You know, he doesn't always make uh, great choices. Don't think every everybody thinks he's wonderful. And he is a really smart guy. You got to give it to him. He's you know he's hugely successful over the years. But this is one of his losers. So it's not every stock that he picks goes up. May a uh, Kraft Heinz company makes food products such as beverages, cheese, convenient. Meals, other grocery products sold worldwide. It's a $39 billion company. It's not small. They're going to make $2.82 a share this year. That's down from $3.52 last year. So that's a 20, yeah 20% fall. Next year, that's going to go up to $2.94. So it's a $32 stock. $32 stock. So their PE is around 10, 10, maybe 11, and their five-year range is nine to. 167. So, you know, that's a very wide range, but they're at the low end of their range. Return to equity is pretty low. You know, the stock has already been beaten up. So then the question is, do you sell it now? No, you probably don't. If you own it, you probably hold on to it now. It's flumping around at this low $32 range for, you know, for the whole month of March. Um, after going collapsing from 48 down to 35, then slowly coming down. So it's now a question, do you hold on to it? Would you be a buyer of it? Chris, I don't know if I'd be a buyer of it. Is that what you want to do? You want to buy it or do you already own it? I actually want to buy it. I don't own it yet, but uh, okay. I've been thinking about it. So, well, there's, yeah. Okay. Well, Warren Buffett owns it, so he likes it. So you, know, you have good company there. Uh, it pays a 5% dividend. If you're patient, it'll probably work for you. Because, you know, while you're waiting around, it's going to pay you 5% a year. And if it just stays where it is, you're still getting 5%. And is that dividend secure? Now they have a $4.37 cash flow. So, 
Yeah, it's a pretty secure dividend with nothing, and they don't have a ton of debt. So from a valuation of a company, the value part, which is what Warren Buffett looks, it's a good value. It's just that you might have okay. to be patient. Well, remember, Warren do, Buffett do, do is a patient guy. He'll, he'll, he'll wait for Do you think it, it, it has a chance of more going down uh, further, uh, maybe a, a low, low well, uh, around 28 dollars $30? Yeah. Well, all stocks have that chance, have that ability. You know, remember, being in the stock is a risky kind of thing, but there's a that the risk is very low for for Kraft Heinz because it's already been beaten up, and uh, you're looking at a company that's going to be around for a long time. It's not going anywhere. They make money anywhere. They make money. They have very slow growth, one, two, three percent. So the chances are pretty good that it's hit a bottom. But it could, you know, if we have a recession, it's going to go down just like every other stock will do that. Yeah. Chris, thanks yeah. for the call. KHC, everybody. KHC is the symbol. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. How many, there's some red flags or maybe yellow flags out there, according to Merrill Lynch, over the stock market. Um, they have three things they're, they're looking at. They look at equity inflows of $50 billion or more in the most recent four-week period. If they see that, that is a negative for them, a contrarian kind of indicator, because you would think that that would be positive, money coming into the market. Well, is, do they have that? Well, last week it was $14 billion coming into the market. Have we seen that $50 billion? Not yet coming into the market. So that little red flag is not, it's just kind of flashing a yellow flag. Another thing they look at, for cash levels to drop below 4.5%, cash levels of investment uh, firms dropping below 4.5%. Last week it was 6%. And that's that's from being uh, as high as 30% not that long ago. So they're seeing cash levels coming way down, which is a bearish sign to them. And the third one is hedge funds going long. And they're seeing a lot of hedge funds going long in the market, meaning buying stocks, putting their money to work. So these are the three little flags that they're looking for, red flags to tell them that the market is overheated. And they're seeing it, they feel it is kind of happening, but it's not quite there yet. But it is happening. Merrill Lynch says, there's red flags in our market. And they're just not quite as extended as they'd like to see before they really, you know, start to jump up down and scream when the market is going to go down. Haven't seen that yet. But getting close. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. And dealing with developments and financial concerns over things like stock market volatility, real estate costs, new tax laws. Remember, we got tax time. It's getting there. April 15th is right around the quarter. It makes it plain. It, it takes a lot of discipline and, 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 and understanding to build a strong portfolio over these kind of situations. There's always something that's always a problem for the markets or a concern. So how do you deal with all those? How do you handle it? Well, that's what the show is all about. We're here to try to give you unbiased guidance as best we can. I encourage you to reach out to Justin and myself at KPP Financial. Talk to us. It's easy. Call to our office or you can send us an email, a message through our investtalk.com. Or you can call the show here. So I invite you to get in touch. Call 888-99-CHART. 
This is InvestTalk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com or reach out to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein by emailing or calling their Irvine, California office. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin, love the show. So I'm looking at the healthcare REITs, Saber, S-B-R-A, and Welltower, W-E-L-L. I was just wondering which one of these you guys think would be a better choice and kind of what your opinions are on the uh, healthcare REIT area. And then one specific question about Sabre is I'm confused as to how their dividend payments are almost double or sometimes over double their earnings per share sometimes. I didn't know how that could be possible. All right. Look forward to hearing the answer. Thank you. Well, that's possible for any stock. Any stock can pay a lot more than the earnings. Think about it. How can they do that? Well, they can borrow money, couldn't they? They can borrow money and give it to you as a dividend. The company borrows money, gives it to you. They could issue bonds. Take the bonds, take the money, give it to you as a dividend. What else? How else could they do it? They could issue a bunch of stock. Get the money from the stock, pay it out right back to the stock purchasers in the form of a dividend. So it's easy for a company to pay more. It shouldn't. It's not a smart it's not, it's not sustainable long-term. It's not a good idea. So it's one of the little things you look for when you're looking at a company that paying too much in a dividend. Remember, we've talked about this. We would like to see a 60% or less, 60% or less payout ratio. In other words, the dividend being less than 60% of the earnings. Not more than earnings, less than earnings. So they can take the difference of that money and reinvest it into the company. So Sabre Healthcare REIT. It's a REIT that owns 494 healthcare-related properties in 38 states. They are a $3.2 billion company, so you know, mid-size, paying 9%, 9%-ish in their yield. They're going to make $1.98 this year after making two seventeen dollars per share last year. And next year, they're going to make $1.98 again. So that's the estimates, not much growth in their earnings. An $18 stock. So if they pay 90% out of their earnings, it's going to be about an 8% or so yield. P ratio is eight. The five-year range is seven to sixteen, so it's low on the low on that range. Uh, they bar, they they as a REIT, the best the thing you need to look at most closely is their debt. How much debt do they have? How much they're going to have to refinance it? How much is going to cost them? And how much is it going to hurt refinancing that debt? Their earnings. So. You know, the stock has kind of been trading sideways. It got as high as 
22.23 in last year, as low as 15, and today it's at 18 dollars and 30 cents. So you buy this kind of stock for the dividend. That's what you're looking for. Can it sustain it? Is it earnings going to be stable enough? And it's a pretty stable company. I would say that. Um, earn the you know the sales are kind of erratic, and I'm not sure why that is. Recently, they were down in the most recent quarter, 16 percent. I would want to find out about that. Anyways, it's a decent company. It's hard for me to compare two companies because I got to now pull up all the data and then compare. And I just—it's very difficult to do it on a radio. So call me another day for the other one. I'll look it up for you. Let's go to Kyle in Walnut, Walnut Creek. How you doing, Kyle? Kyle, you there? Hi, Kyle. Yes, can you, can you hear me? Yes, I got you. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Yeah, I had a question about CVS. Are you guys buying the dip or leaving it be? They bought this company uh, three days ago. Um, uh, I, we bought it on Tuesday, I think. I think for everybody. CBS, everybody. Uh, headquarters in Wooden, Woodstock, Rhode Island. Operates 9,800 pharmacies and drugstores. Been talking about it for a while. They're going to make $6.84 next year after making $7.08 this year. Then seven thirty-eight the year after. Uh, they're growing their sales. Uh, we're mostly in the single digits, except for the most recent quarter. They grew 12%. They bought a competitor, and that's the big worry. Everybody's worried about that they, they bought the competitor and that how are they going to deal with it. So the stock went from $80 all the way down to 52 And I think that's really ridiculous, uh, beating it up for that much. For the company's been pretty strong, one of the largest in this field, or the largest, and it really took a spike down, and when it went to fifty low 50s, we, we started to think about maybe it's time to consider it. And it started up after three or four days going up, we decided to buy it. Then we got one more big day, up day, so we're, we're probably close. Um, we'll probably have a little profit in it right now, but we bought it right down here in the low 50s. Okay? I like it. Great. Kyle, appreciate the call. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the call. Yeah, I think it's been beat up. I think it's going to have a, a, a reflex bounce, but it will take a while. I mean, it's a PE of eight, forward PE of seven, and that's the its range. And return X high at 15, cash flow at $9. I mean, it's kind of, got some, fundamentally, it looks pretty strong. I'm Steve Peasley, and you know what to do here on the Best Talk? You know what I do. We try to answer your questions on the phone. We try to help you get to that goal, achieve that goal of financial freedom. And doing that, we answer questions, financial questions. So get your financial question in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, as J.P. Morgan Chase builds out its web of bank branches across the U.S., it's launching into areas long dominated by two of its biggest rivals, Bank of America and Wells Fargo. That story, Monday. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Good morning. Hi, my name is Jim. I'm from Newport News, Virginia. I just recently subscribed to your podcast and really enjoy your market insights, so thank you. Uh, my question has to do with Exit Point in a trade 
in case the trade actually starts to go south? Do you use a percentage decline on average, or do you use previous support as the point where you might actually get out of the trade? So thank you, and I will listen to your response on the podcast. Take care. Okay, this is something we did on our, uh, I did on my classes about charting, and charting really helps as far as buy points and sell points. Uh, but you don't, you don't, I don't use a percentage per se. I don't not use it either. Uh, I don't use charts per se. It depends on the stock. For instance, you can't say, you know, IBD, Business Investors Business Daily newspaper, has a 9% rule from the top. If the stock falls 9%, you sell. The problem with that is some stocks are very volatile and some stocks hardly move at all. So would you have the same 9% rule for stocks that move very, very differently? So I would say no. So you could use a trend line. If you really wanted to be tight, maybe a trend line would be a wise. Tight meaning you wanted to get out and hold your profits as much as you can. If you want to be loose, you could use like a 200-day moving average, which is a very long-term moving average, and uh, that's a very loose get-out point. Or there's support and resistance points. So if it breaks support, what is that? Well, you started with a one-year chart. You look back and uh, see where that stock has been in that one-year chart. Maybe it's come up, down, up and down, up and down to a certain level. And every time it gets to a certain high level, it breaks off, breaks down. Maybe that that's a, those are support and resistance. Maybe that is your signal. See, so it, 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 there's no one true way to do it. I wish it was simple. That I can just give you, oh, here's, uh, here's the rules. Do this. And it works every time. Nope. And even using charting. Charting is just tends to be true. It doesn't always true. It's not a science. It's a more of an art. Human behavior tends to repeat itself. So you're just taking advantage of that. And But they don't always repeat itself. So there is no hard and fast rule when and how to get out. You know, using trades. Just not. Hudson Yards in Manhattan. Hudson Yards. This is their new huge mall they just opened. Seven stories tall. Uh, it's, they say it's the mall of the future. This is how the future malls are going to look. It's um, huge with over 100 stores and restaurants. And it, to me, I, when I was looking at it, it didn't seem that much difference than any other mall. So it's big. It's huge. And it's new. I'm thinking you still have restaurants and and they say well it's not it's the little nuance differences in a you know like the restaurants they have they make sure that they have certain kind of mix of restaurants and a certain kind of mix of stores um, I'm not necessarily buying it guys we'll see I think the uh, I think the Amazon phenomena is here to stay. I think if they'll have these malls succeed, uh, the malls that exist and they need to make changes, they need to make it a place to go for fun, not just to shop. And restaurants is one way, you know, I don't know, playing games, you know, uh, how about a big gaming center, you know, you go to play or, you know, laser tag. I've seen that. I think that's a good, you know, those, you know things to go to do that more than just shopping. And that's what they have to do, go towards. 
We had some economic news out this week, but most of it is old. So old, like back in January, that it's kind of worthless to us. We know that in December, the numbers were bad, but we know that just, you know, we had even just, we had this week, December retail sales, December. So, and we know that that was not very strong. Um, so, industrial production, the number we have now, uh, it will actually stayed up pretty well. 78.2% capacity from 78.3, so pretty strong, really, January. Uh, production was up one-tenth percent from December's shrinkage of four-tenths percent. So, the numbers we do have are decent. So that tells you that we're not going into recession necessarily anytime soon, in my opinion. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. I hope you will have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. I'll be back Monday. Have a nice weekend, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.